Amen, amen. You guys let them know how much you appreciate them leading us in worship this morning again. And Hey, you got a Bible with you? Let me invite you to open it to Psalm chapter 119. Psalm chapter 119. If you're a guest of ours, you chose a great day to show up. We are actually starting a new message series entitled Hashtag Never Empty. Now, if you don't understand hashtags before the sermon is over, you will as we get towards the conclusion. But what you just need to know this morning is we're going to elevate the Word of God and see that the Word of our Lord is never empty. That's what the Bible teaches us in Psalm 119. So if you'll stand with me in honor of God's Word this morning, we'll begin reading in verse 1. And you've got that in front of you. Say yes. Psalm 119, verse 1, the Bible says, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all of their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You've ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all of your commandments. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. And with all of my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. I am a stranger in this earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies even though princes sit and talk against me. Your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. Let's bow together. Father, we do open your word this morning, looking forward to hearing you speak to our hearts. So I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would uh, clean out our ears, that we might receive the word of God implanted so that it would bear fruit in our life. God, I pray specifically for this morning that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit for this service and give me clarity of mind and heart and those things that you desire for me to say, Lord, I pray that you would bring them to uh, my mind. Those things that you do not desire for me to say, may you erase them forever. And God, we'll give you glory for what you're going to do today. Looking forward to seeing you work. In Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you can be seated. You know, the Lord has said in Isaiah chapter 55, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Listen to this. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it out. Our great God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, is always intentional with his word. Peter tells us that the word of God causes people to be born again. Listen to the scripture. 
You've been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and the enduring word of God. So without the truth of God's word, a person cannot be born again. But also we know that Peter tells us that the word of God causes us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. The scripture says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word of God, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So without the word of God in your life, you cannot grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 that Jesus uses his word as a washing agent in our lives to set us aside for his namesake and for his glory. A believer seeking to live without the word of God is like an individual seeking to live without ever taking a bath. We are in desperate need of God's holy word, and it is his word that is used with intentionality, spoken to us, and it never returns empty or void. So the longest chapter in our Bibles is Psalm chapter 119. It's one of the most unique chapters in the Bible as well because the author penned it as an acrostic using 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And each of the 22 sections contain eight lines that correspond with the appropriate Hebrew letter. That's why in your Bibles this morning, as you looked at the uh, little phrase of the word right before verse 1, that's actually a letter. It's Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then the next one, which is right above verse 9, is Beth. That's the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then the third is Gimel, which is the third letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and so on and so forth. Now, I will tell you, just so you're not confused, uh, the acrostic loses its translation in the English. Y'all with me? So uh, somebody came up to me in the foyer after the second service and said, I'm looking, and these don't all begin with the same letter. It's because you're reading English, all right? This in Hebrew where you actually see that. Now, as you and I study Psalm 119 together, it's pretty important that we go ahead and note that there are eight terms that are used to speak about God's Word. Uh, there's the term the law, there's the term the testimonies, the precepts, the statutes, God's commandments, God's judgments, God's Word, and also God's ordinances. So the dominant theme in Psalm chapter 119 is a true devotion to the Word of God. Now, over the next eight messages that I will uh, preach, Lord willing, I will have the opportunity to challenge you as a church, as I'm challenging myself, that we would increase our devotion to the Word of God. Notice this, all right? That's the challenge as we go through Psalm 119, that you would increase your devotion to the Word of God. We're going to give you a challenge to do just that towards the end of this particular message. Now, you may be here and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yet, so you're still outside of the faith and you may be checking things out. I want to encourage you to begin reading the Word of God. God reveals Himself through the Word. And so as you read the Word of God, the Lord will open your eyes to see the truth of who His Son Jesus Christ is. Or you may be a follower of Jesus this morning, but you've just not been very consistent in your devotion to the Word of God. So what I want to do is challenge you to really step it up a notch and begin to devote yourself to God's Word. And then you may actually be a follower of Jesus this morning who has a faithful devotion to the Word of the Lord. So all I want to do throughout the next eight weeks is really challenge you to increase your intake of God's Word. Now with that in mind, if I'm sitting out there like you are and I'm listening to this sermon, I would be sitting there asking the question, why? Why should I increase my devotion to the Word of God? Like what difference is it really going to make in my life if I study the Scripture more? 
And so this morning, we're going to see together what difference it will actually make. And there are four major statements that I want to give you. So as you increase your devotion to God's Word, here's the first thing I want you to write down. You are going to enjoy life more. So as I increase my devotion to God's Word, I'm going to enjoy life more. Now let me see if we can explain this. Look at verse 1 in chapter 119. He says, how blessed, everybody say blessed, are those whose way is blameless, whose walk in the law of the Lord. How, what's the word? Let's try that again, all right. It's blessed, I'll let you know, all right. So how are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all of their heart. Now the term that I really wanted you to know was what term? Did you pick it up? Yeah, it's blessed, all right. Now that one word in the Hebrew language means happy, it means fortunate, it means enjoyable. So the idea here is that we are happy, fortunate, and enjoying life whenever we are walking in the divine design of God for our lives. In fact, one commentator notes it this way, our happiness, are y'all listening, say yes? He says, our happiness is tied to our devotion to God's word. Tragically, the devil has succeeded in convincing most that the opposite is true. They see God's commands as being detrimental to their happiness. But just the opposite is the case. The key to happiness is to live in God's word and to let his word live inside of you. Now, why would you enjoy life more living according to God's word. Well, there's the key there. It's really in verse 1. He says, how blessed are those whose way is blameless. Now, you may want to circle that word in your Bible or highlight it. One, it speaks of living a life of integrity. Living a life of integrity is living a life uh, of moral honesty, both to yourself as well as to others. So it is, listen, it's the opposite of actually living a lie. When you walk with integrity, you walk, check this out, free from paranoia. So somebody's like, preacher, what do you mean by free from paranoia? When you walk a life of integrity, you're not asking questions like, who's going to catch me? Who's going to find out? Who knows about what is going on? As I was working on this message, I began to think about perhaps the student who has been living outside of God's will for their life. They know they're living in sin, and they are hiding it. And so they're living with some sort of paranoia. Who's going to find out? Will my parents find out? I thought about the husband who might be uh, internet chatting with some lady who's not his wife. And he's living in paranoia. Is she going to find out? When will she find out? And then I also thought about the uh, employee, perhaps who is a seller of some kind of service or provides some sort of service. And they are behind the scenes uh, lying. They're behind the scenes hiding the truth about their product or hiding the truth about the reality of what they're really going to do and doing under-the-table deals. And the whole time that they are doing them, they're wondering, will I ever be caught? If I fudge this number, will I be caught? Will they catch me? There's this paranoia. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 9, listen to it closely. The Bible says, he who walks in integrity walks securely. But the man who perverts his ways will be found out. Now, I want you to hear this. There is great safety in living according to God's word. There's great safety there. There's great freedom there. That's what the psalmist is saying. How blessed 
how enjoyable, how fortunate to live my life with integrity. Uh, these are the ones who are following the direction and the instruction of the living Lord given to us in the scripture. So ultimately, the reason that you will enjoy life more when you devote yourself to God's word, and devotion doesn't just mean read it, it means apply it. But when you devote yourself to God's word and apply the scripture, the reason you'll enjoy life more is because you will not be living a life of dishonesty, but one of integrity, and there is great freedom in that. Now in verse 3, we see that these are the kind of people who don't compromise. They do not practice injustice. They don't practice malice. But they continue in the truths of God with all diligence. So you will not enjoy life more because you're living a life of integrity, but also because you are striving to please the Lord alone. Now, I think about that personally as I uh, get up here just to preach, right? Uh, if I'm not careful, I can get up here to preach and think, man, I want to preach in such a way that everybody's kind of impressed or maybe people are enjoying the message or maybe they'll be pleased with me whenever I finish this particular sermon. That's not the goal of preaching uh, in my life. So the goal of preaching is to make sure that the preached word is actually giving glory, honor, and pleasing to God the Father. That's the goal. So regardless, like you might listen to the message and be like, that stunk. The question is not what did it smell like to you. The question is what does it seem to God? And so it's the same in your life. As you are working, as you are being a husband, as you are being a wife, as you are being a parent. Listen, don't get so caught up with whether or not everybody else is pleased with you. Make sure that you are pleasing to Almighty God. And the psalmist says that he is seeking God with all of his heart. It's a great picture here. The word uh, seeking uh, after God's heart, it, it gives the imagery, that word seeking uh, gives the imagery of uh, it, having a full-out investigation, right? Think about that, right? If there's a crime scene out here, man, people have been saying it was full-out investigation. Well, the Bible is encouraging you and I to have a full-out investigation on who God is. And when we hold that full-out investigation on who God is, we can only hold that full-out investigation as we devote ourselves to God's Word. God reveals Himself through the Scripture. So as we seek Him with all of our heart, we'll begin to walk in a blameless life, applying the Scripture. And as we do that, we will be blessed. It's a promise of the Scripture. You'll be happy, fortunate, and life will be enjoyable. Hey, listen, it doesn't mean life will be free from trials. Uh, you're still going to have trials as a follower of Jesus. In fact, you'll probably have more. But the reality is, even in the midst of the trial, God will grant to you overwhelming joy. And joy is much different than uh, just happiness. Joy is not based on your circumstances. Joy is based upon your relationship with the Lord. So if you've come in here today and you're like, man, I just got no joy in my life, then I would ask you, are you seeking after him with all of your heart? Because if you say, well, no, not, I mean, I, I, every once in a while, not so, no, that's the problem. Seek after God with all of your heart. Joy flows from his throne. It's not holding back on you. He wants to lavish you with that. Receive that and walk in it. Man, you devote yourself to God's word, applying it. You're going to enjoy life more. Here's the second statement I want to give you. I will enjoy worship 
more. I'll enjoy worship more. I like this. Look at verse 5. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes, then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all of your commandments. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I shall keep your statutes. Check this out. Do not forsake me utterly. Now, I love this part. The psalmist is saying, and this is just a quick paraphrase, may my journey through life be firm and secure as I continue in your prescribed word and walk your path. Then I will not have a sense of guilt when I look into your word. The psalmist knows that if he walks in the truth of God's word, that he will actually enjoy worship more because there'll be this sense of guilt that does not hinder him from praising the Lord. Now, this is huge. You know as well as I do that when you are living in known sin in your life, that there's a lack of true joy in worship. Now, I've experienced this, and we'll just kind of give it to you in the context of just coming into like a, a worship service like this. Uh, when I was outside of God's will for my life, the Lord was calling me to uh, be a preacher, which was the last thing I wanted to do. And so I rebelled against the Lord. I began to act like a hellion for a little while and figured if I did that, he would leave me alone. Uh, he did not. But I will show you that whenever I was living that way, I did not enjoy worship, right? I, I didn't enjoy reading my Bible. I didn't even want to look at it. I didn't enjoy uh, going to church, uh, getting around a bunch of people who are singing and lifting up their hands. I'm thinking to myself, what is this people's problem? I I'm coming to ch church and I'm listening to people pray and I'm just kind of daydreaming about where I'm going to go for lunch or what I'm going to do that week. Uh, there were times when I would uh, come to church, this is no joke, uh, because I was so desiring to just ignore God and His Word that I would stay up as late as I could on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I'd show up to church and I would sit right on the very back row. No offense to any of you. But I would sit on that back row and I would get down slouched in the pew, put my head on the back of the pew, and go fast asleep while the preacher was preaching. It was my goal to not look upon the... Why? Here's the reason why. Because I knew I was outside of God's design for my life. And as a result, there was this guilt that was driving me away from his word. And so I sought to completely ignore it. Spoke with a guy this week about his devotion to the word of God. He said, oh, preacher, I man, I really don't spend that much time in the word at all. That's just the thing. I, I need to, but I just feel so guilty. What is he getting at here? What, what is he really saying? He's saying, I'm living outside of God's divine will for my life, and I don't want to be reminded. So I'm ignoring what the Word of God says, and my worship is stale. My worship is boring. My worship, not only personally, but also corporately, is like, let's just get this over with so we can leave some massive concept here, isn't it? The psalmist is laying it down. The rebellious heart finds no enjoyment before God. Can I say, say that again? A rebellious heart finds no enjoyment before God. Hey, listen, you, you want me to preach better sermons? Walk in the will of God. All of a sudden now you'll be like, that's pretty good preaching. That dude's just telling us what the Bible says. It's amazing. You want to enjoy worship more? Walk in the will of God for your life. Walk according to Scripture. Devote yourself. Full out investigation. Who is God? Put Him in my heart. I want to walk with Him every single day. And then you'll show up in here and get your praise on. 
I agree, though, wholeheartedly with the psalmist. He says here, uh, in a nutshell, and again, I'm paraphrasing, as I did some word studies, I will cast praise up to you, O Lord, with a straight-up, clear conscience when I put into practice your righteous decisions. Are y'all listening? Say yes. I will praise you with straight-up conscience, Lord, when I'm walking the path that you have designed for me. There's something sweet about praising the Lord with a clear conscience. And I will say to you, right, uh, uh, just, just let you know, uh, this idea of casting up praise gives the imagery of pulling back a bow and arrow and shooting an arrow. <laughs> just happened uh, yesterday. Uh, went with Garrison uh, to a, a middle school over in Demarest, and they had an archery tournament. Now, I've never seen anything like this before. I grew up in the city. We didn't shoot bow and arrows. So here all of these kids are, 8, 9, and 10, with sharp sticks and bows, and they're lined up real tight with one another, and they're looking at their target, and they're pulling back the bow, and then they would let it go to shoot the target. And while they were doing that, I was trying to run through and miss all the arrows. It was crazy easy because I'm skinny. I don't know why I say the things that I do, but here, listen, what's interesting is I'm looking at that and I know what I'm preaching, I'm like, there is a great picture of what worship should be like. You should come to church with your quiver full of praise and you ought to be pulling out every single arrow you've got and you ought to be sending it up to the throne of God, giving Him praise. That's what worship is. But I fear oftentimes we come to church with an empty quiver because we're walking outside God's design for our life. Listen, you want to enjoy life more? You want to enjoy worship more? Let's have an increase on that. I'm like, I'm all for that. How? Walk according to God's word for your life. Let me give you the third statement. It is, I will enjoy purity more. I'll enjoy purity more. Look at verse 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes and I shall not forget your word. Now here the psalmist is really encouraging and highlighting the fact that a person keeps his way pure, and that word pure means morally clean and upright, by continuing to walk in line with the scripture. He knows that his only defense against the temptations of this current world system is by heeding the word of God. And when the psalmist is saying, how can a young man keep his way pure, he, he's really talking about how can I keep away from falling into immorality. And, um, and then he's like, there's only one way. It's through the word. God's word equips me to stay away from an immoral lifestyle. 
And in our current society, in our culture, we're being strongly encouraged by many people through media, through music, through the television, through the internet. They're encouraging you. If you have multiple partners out there, sleep with somebody who's not your wife, you're going to find some joy in that. How can you stay pure? By walking according to the word of God. We've got our teenagers, middle school, high school, currently in this system. It is a trend. It's almost like it's cool to walk around and, and be homosexual or be a lesbian. And, uh, this is a cool factor, and, and many people are falling for it. How can our students keep their ways pure by walking according to the word? And you parents, just like myself, we need to be prepared to answer our children when they start asking questions like, can you be a homosexual and a follower of Jesus? Be very careful. Make sure you know your Bible. You can't. 1 Corinthians says that no immorality, no effeminate, no homosexual, no murderer, no person who, who is a sinner, listen, will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says this to the church, but you, you all have been washed in the blood of Christ. In other words, he's saying there are some people who are a part of the church at Corinth who used to be gay. But then they came to Christ. Life changed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. There's a change. How? In this current world system that you and I live in, with all of these mixed messages, all of these mixed signals coming in all over, how do we stay pure only by the Word of God? That's why it's so essential that you hide it in your heart. And that's really what he says, isn't it? He encourages this idea of hiding in his heart the Scripture. I love that imagery there. It's like your heart is a treasure chest, all right? Are y'all with me? Say yes. So it's like your heart's a treasure chest and God's like, get into the Word and take as much of the Word of God and stick it into that treasure chest. Hide the, hide the Word of God in your heart so that you might not sin against God. Now, there's a, a television show on Discovery Channel called Hoarders. Have y'all ever seen this before? It's pretty interesting. You know, people like to collect things. These people just kind of take it a little too far. <laughs> Understatement of the day. But I was watching it one day, and this man was a hoarder, and he had so packed his house that for him to go from one room to the next room, he had built a tunnel just beneath the very top of the door frame that he could just barely slide through to slide into the next room. I'm thinking, how in the world do people live like that? Are y'all down with me on that? It's like, that's what? And if you're a hoarder, we'll pray for you before you leave. And <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's like antique roadshow, go, all right? Not to buy stuff, to sell stuff, all right? I should just pray now. But anyway, so here, here, here's the deal. In my mind, I'm reading this scripture, and I'm thinking to myself, how can a young man keep his way pure? By hiding the word of God into his heart. So, so here's the idea. As a follower of Jesus, it's almost like we become scripture hoarders. 
And we take the word of God and we grow in it, we study it, we rejoice in it, and we stack it up in our lives so that it builds, listen, an absolute solid fence around us from the wiles of the devil. We want to stay away from sin. We want to walk with Christ. Don't even put a little hole in the top that you can slide through, man. Study the word of God. Grow in the reality of scripture. And you'll enjoy purity. Verse 14. He says, I rejoice in the ways of your testimonies as much as in all riches. It's pretty awesome here, this idea of rejoicing. I looked it up, right, from the Hebrew dictionary. It means to... uh, have triumphant, victorious shouts while journeying through God's word. (laughs) That's pretty slick. You ever found some money before out of nowhere? You and I, we're having a conversation now. You ever found some money before? Because I have, right? I was walking in Walmart parking lot, not here a long time ago. Just minding my own business when all of a sudden, this is no joke, $40 just went slid up against me. Wind was blowing. I looked down. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. So I pulled the stuff off. You know, I'm like, we're going to Western Switzerland. Y'all all right with that? But it's amazing, right? So you get kind of happy, right? I start reaching around, seeing if there's some more cash coming. Bless the Lord. But you know how excited you kind of get when you find something like that? It's like, whoa. The psalmist says, when I find truth in the word of God, my joy It's so triumphant, it far outweighs even finding riches on earth. Wow. This happens, right? So I'm spending time with the Word personally uh, on my own, and I've been studying Joshua and Judges, and just finished Judges. I'm headed back to Joshua. That's my uh, January, February routine, and studying through it, man. And I'll tell you, like I sit down when I read my Bible, so sometimes I just sit in the floor, sometimes I sit in a chair. But as I'm sitting there and I'm reading, man, it's like, God, open my eyes. I want to I see truth today. And as I read the Word of God, uh, there are times, and you, you, you've probably had this where it's like a verse of Scripture just leaps off of the page. You're like, there it is. And I have found that when that happens, I can't sit anymore. Y'all, y'all, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but here's the deal. It's like, I got to get up, man. It's like, I get so fired up about it. I'm like, thank you that the God of heaven would take a moment and speak to me through his word and give me just what I need for that day. It's like, praise the Lord. Thank you. (laughs) I get fired up too throughout the week. On Mondays, I'm writing a sermon for the following Sunday. I'm in there studying, man. That's what I enjoy about preaching because you you cannot exhaust the word of God. It's not like I can preach enough and be like, all right, I preached it all. No, no, I cannot exhaust it, right? Uh, so, so, man, I'm, I'm squeezing every word, right? That's what I've encouraged our class at Truett on Thursday night. Take every word, every word's a treasure. Open up every word. Squeeze the word of God and allow God to drip the reality of who he is into your heart. And this happens, man, I'm studying the scripture. I got to get up out of the office. Y'all all right with that? It's like, man, it gets on me. Now, you, I know y'all messed up if you Baptist to the core, right? Because I just lifted my leg up. You know what I'm saying? You're like, what's going on now? This guy's getting nuts. No, 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 not nuts. Just fired up about God. And so I got to get up. I go into James. I'm like, James, you got some minutes, man? Come in here. Let me share with you what I just learned. <laughs> fired up about that. 
Listen, there are, try, are y'all listening? Say yes. I don't believe I said it like this the first two services because this is good here. There are triumphant shouts waiting on you in the scripture. God wants to give them to you. So, I, you know, I'm reading my Bible. Let me just kind of give you the imagery, all right? I feel like I'm preaching all over the place, but y'all just pay attention. But the imagery is like this. It's like when I spend time with the Lord in the morning and God gives me his word and God gives me this verse, it's almost like, listen, it's almost like he gave me a friend for that day. So now I'm just walking around with a buddy of mine out of Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. So as I'm walking and the enemy begins to tempt me or culture begins to tempt me or my flesh begins to rise up, it's like my friend just starts tugging on my shoulder and saying, no, 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 be strong and courageous. God has so many friends for you right here in the pages of his divine word. The creator of cosmos has written a book letter for you. Get in it, man. He says it here, uh, verse 16, I shall delight in your statutes, I shall not forget your word. He takes pleasure in the word of God. He doesn't want to forget it, he wants to keep it tight, he wants to keep it close to him, he wants to walk with it. You ever, uh, you ever um, smelt a new car before? You know what I'm talking about? Y'all must have more new cars. First two servers looking at me like, we don't drive used, we drive used cars. Right. Well, I'm sure there's some in the parking lot. Go take a sniff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's wild. So you go and you test drive a, a new car, a new truck, and you get in that thing. Man, it's like, that junk smells good. You know what I'm saying? It's like, new, they sell it in bottles now, new car scent. I put it on every morning, all right? <laughs> but it smells so good. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The smell is awesome. It's like, you can't, you can't. It's awesome. So you're cruising along. You don't roll the windows down because it smells too good. And you're cruising, cruising, cruising. And y maybe you've done this before. You had some coffee or maybe you had a Coca-Cola or a taco. <laughs> I'm reliving this personally now. And <laughs> you go in to bite it and it's like, oh, there it goes. And you like pull off the side. I got to clean this up, man. I don't want to lose the smell. Right? She so loved the smell. And here's the deal, whenever you are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ through his word, it is amazing that you begin to love the smell of purity. It smells good, walking a pure life, a clean life, paranoid free, just me and Jesus giving everything I've got to him. I can't help what everybody else might think or say, me and Christ walking with him. And then if something tries to come and attain it, it's like, no, can't do it. Don't want to get rid of the smell. You love purity. Maybe you faltered in that. Maybe you're a teenager and you've given yourself to someone. Come back to the Lord. There's purity waiting. Maybe you're a husband. You've committed adultery. You've been looking at internet pornography. There's purity waiting for you. At the foot of the cross. But man, when I'm devoted to the word, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying my worship more. I'm enjoying purity more. 
Lastly, and I got to go quick, I enjoy his presence more, his presence. Now, this is huge, right? Look at verse 17 to 24. Y'all got it? Y'all still with me, right? Uh, Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. I'm a stranger in the earth. Don't hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. Now, when I encourage people to read the Bible, oftentimes they uh, say to me, um, well, Levi, you know, I've tried to read the Bible before I'm opening it up. Man, I just don't get anything out of it. I don't really understand it. Here's your prayer, all right? Psalmist really gives us the prayer. Again, paraphrase. He's like, uncover my eyes so that I may see extraordinary things from the Scripture. And then he says it like this. I don't belong on this earth, so don't hide your truth from me. Now think about that. When you study the Bible, you sit before God, and even before you read, you're like, Lord, uncover my eyes. Right now they're shaded. I know I'm not going to be able to see clearly, so uncover my eyes and give your word to me. And then he's saying it like this. I don't live down here. This place is not where I belong. I'm passing through. My citizenship is in heaven. I need you to tell me how to live. That's the picture. And then I love uh, how the psalmist rolls it out here, right? He's like, um, again, paraphrase, I don't have time to get into everything, but i got to give you this. He says it like this. Give a sharp reprimand to those who are prideful, those who are walking according to to their own passions and desires and not your word. Give a reprimand to them. That's a prayer, ain't it? It's like, Lord, I want to walk with you, and all these other people, rebuke them. (laughs) And then he says, roll away disgrace and any feelings of worthlessness that are placed upon me by unbelievers for living out the word. You know, I'm studying this and I begin to think, okay, what what does this look like in a person's life? And all of a sudden I begin to think about that wife who is sold out, devoted to the Word of God. And she's walking with the Lord, but she has a disobedient husband. And so she's spending time in the Word of God. She's spending time in prayer. She's praying over the family. She's worshiping Christ. And the husband sits on the outside and jabs at her ragging her out for her devotion. What, what, are, what are you doing? Why, why are you reading the Bible all the time? Why are you always talking about prayer and going to church? What's your problem? Why don't you just hang up some of that? Here's your prayer. The psalmist gives it to us. Roll away disgrace. The wife should pray like this. Roll away the worthless feeling that those who are disobedient try to put on me for walking with you. It's the same as well for the student who's seeking to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're devoted to the word. And they're living that way in their middle school, their high school, their elementary school, their college. And they're going hard after Christ. And then there are those on the outside saying, what is your problem? Lighten up. Put some of that stuff aside, man. Live a little. And they try to make you feel worthless. They try to make you feel disdain and disgrace. And the psalmist prays it. He gives it to us. Here's the prayer of the student. Lord, roll away the worthlessness, 
they're trying to heap on top of me for following you. Roll away any disgrace that somebody in my family might try to heap on me. Roll away any disgrace that some of my friends may or my co-workers, all because I'm living for you, Lord. Roll it away. And listen and rebuke them. Y'all aren't paying attention. Y'all want to enjoy life more? It's like walking the word. You want to enjoy purity more? Walk in the word. You want to enjoy... Worship more, walk in the word. You want to enjoy the presence of God more, walk in the word. And look at the preacher, this is key right here. The more, are y'all listening, say yes. The more you walk in the word of God, the more you understand and sense the presence of God in your life. Now, my challenge, like I said, was for you to get into the word so I want to do this. I'm just going to read it to you so we're all on the same page. Y'all got your listening guide with you this morning. Pull that out real quick as we get ready to roll it out. Y'all got it there in front of you? Say, yeah. All right, so check out the conclusion. He's like, I want to encourage you. Oh, he would be me. I wrote this. But anyway, so <laughs> I want to encourage you to increase your devotion to God's word this week. You may choose to complete the steps below. We'll read those in a minute. By reading and journaling or by reading and joining us online, tweeting with the hashtag NeverEmpty. Now, if you don't have a Twitter account, you can sign up for one for free. And after each tweet, you include the hashtag NeverEmpty and all of our responses will be linked together online. So whenever you have a Twitter account and you hashtag something, it's throwing all those hashtag NeverEmpty phrases into the same bucket. And it gives you an opportunity throughout the week to actually read what other people are posting. So I invite you to be a part of that. If you, now, if you're out there and you're like, man, I don't get on the internet, I ain't tweeting. That's fine. It is okay. I would just encourage you to get a journal and write down the things that the Lord's teaching you. So you can see there, week one, there's the challenge. Day one, which will be tomorrow, read Psalm 119, 1 through 24. Day two, read Psalm 119, 1 through 8. Journal out or tweet out. Today my favorite verse is, and you choose a verse from those that you read, and put the hashtag never empty on it. Day three, read 119, 9 through 16. Journal or tweet out, today I am praying for, add the hashtag. And you're praying for something specific that you've learned from that text of scripture. Then read day uh, four, uh, you read Psalm 119, 17 through 24. You journal or tweet out, today I will. So that's a, a mode of application. It's like, okay, Lord, I've read your word, and today here's what I'm going to do. Tweet that out, man. I want to hear from you. I'll be doing the same thing. Krista, my wife, is doing the same thing as well. And then day five, I want to challenge you to do this. Find a place to sit down, spend time in Psalm 119, reading it from the beginning to the end. It'll take you a little while, but have a seat. Maybe you, uh, maybe you like to sit outside. Maybe you like to sit inside. Turn all distractions off. So turn off your television. Turn off your children. <laughs> you wish it were that easy, right? It's like, but get it quiet. Now, uh, Lord, I'm going to be doing this next week, and I'm going to be on a cruise, a marriage cruise. Y'all all right with that? So I'm going to be on the ship deck thinking about you. <laughs> but I will be reading, I will be uh, tweeting some things out and praying for God just to speak to us. Listen, now look at me, eyeball to eyeball. This is true, right? This is true. Look at me. You're going to leave here today, and you're going to be like, eh. 
Or are you going to leave here today and say, you know what? I do want to increase my devotion to God's word. Let me do that and see what happens. Let's bow. Father, speak to our hearts. Continue to grow us in our walks with you. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed this morning. I mentioned it at the beginning of the message, but you may not be a follower of Jesus. You're not a believer yet. Listen, I still challenge you to read the Bible as well, but I challenge you this morning to consider the fact that God created you to know him. That's what the Bible teaches. But what separates you from the Lord is sin. The Bible says we've all sinned. So I'm not pointing at you saying you're a sinner. I'm saying, look, all of us are in the same boat. So we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's holy standard. And the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. So if we hold on to our sin, we should be separated from God forever. But the good news is God loves us even though we're sinners. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So God the Father gave his son Jesus, who is God in the flesh, as a sacrifice for your sin. God the Father treated his son Jesus as if he committed all of your sin and mine. He died on the cross for you, was buried and resurrected. The Bible says now that you must turn from your sin and place your trust in Jesus. And when you do this, all of your sin is forgiven. You're given a brand new life. You're changed. So I'm going to encourage you, if you've not made that decision this morning, just to pray something like this in your heart as I pray out loud. Just say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need to be forgiven. So today I'm making a choice to turn from my sin and place my trust in you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me and get up from the grave. Now help me to live a life set aside for his namesake. Listen, if that's the prayer of your heart, the very first step is baptism. You saw that this morning. So if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, we wanna help you with that. We're gonna have an invitation. In a moment, we'll stand to our feet and I'm gonna invite you to leave the place where you've been seated, come forward. I'll be here in the front, other pastors. We wanna pray for you. We wanna help you. We wanna set you up a time in the future to actually be baptized. God may be calling you to join this church family. If that's the case, you be obedient to the Lord. But most of all, man, let us just be challenged to devote ourselves to God's word. Father. We give you the invitation now and pray that you would move in our midst and that you'd be glorified. In Christ's name that we pray, amen. Let's stand to our feet while we sing, you come this morning.